Hi, this is Joe Paterno again, calling from the fiery pits of hell. I just got done sucking Hitler's cock. It was great. When I'm not sucking dictators' cocks in hell, we're listening to the Sick and Wrong podcast. We just love you guys down here. It's great. Peace out. I'm your host, Ethan. He's a sick man. This is where sick people come. I'm Lance Wacker. You're a goddamn disgrace! I'm in love with a retard. Seems I found myself on the voyage of the dam. I love to get it on my face. You killed the car. Lick me, baby. I'm just gonna bash the door free. Maybe fly more in place than I can go. Then I'll delay the stick in my ass. Did you ever wonder if your mom gave dad a blowjob right before she kissed you goodnight? Hey, 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 that's enough. I'm getting a bone in here, all right? Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, D. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. What's up there, Wacker? How's the week going? <laughs> the week? The week is fine. We had to record this podcast a little early this week because I'm coming to San Francisco for the Lance Wackerly Fantastic Super Bowl Party. Have you been to any Super Bowl parties of mine since the infamous Super Bowl party? Um, are you talking about the Super Bowl party of Ought Six? <laughs> Which yeah. will go down in history as probably the best Super Bowl party of all time. Well, uh, people, I don't know if I'm going to be able to top it, but people, if, I can um, try. Let me just, uh, if, if, if you don't recall what happened new to the at show? the Super Bowl party of Ought Six, um, it was probably the best Super Bowl party I've ever been to, I've ever attended. It was exclusive. It definitely was. You had to be on the guest list for it. Uh, Wackerly had planned probably about a month in advance to have this Super no. Bowl party. No. <laughs> no. You know, it's bad enough without you making up shit about it. Okay, all right. So it was kind of, I think you just sort of threw it together last minute. Cause two no days. One... Two days ahead. I think on Friday somebody said, where are we watching the Super Bowl? And Lance, no... do you want to watch it at your place? And I said, why not? Well, no one had any definitive plans. And so you're no. like, you know what? Fuck it. I have a I have a big apartment. Why not just have it over here? So anyway, it wasn't even that big of an apartment, but big enough. Big enough. Um, but what ended up happening is no one showed up, except for me <laughs> and my girlfriend at the time. I think it was Who Misty. Had zero interest in football. She was like that emo goth chick that just did not right. even want to be there. But it was just me, you, her, and a whole table just full of food, and no one else showed up. It was, she also wasn't interested in snacks very much, I don't think. I don't she think she ate, ate anything. celery sticks. Yeah, I don't think she ate anything but my happiness. It was about <laughs> it. <laughs> my, my contentment. I think she fed off of that. She was, she was oh, just yes. a succubus. But yeah, she wasn't a big football fan. But it was, it was just like this weird... At least, at least while she was feeding off of your happiness, at least you were feeding off of... Um... You know your glee at my at my predicament that I had prepared all this food. It's not like I slaved over a hot stove. No, but I mean, there's a lot of. It was food. Super Bowl snacks. It was a lot. I thought like ten people were coming over, and you oh. were just giddy. It was the, epic about the fact that nobody that nobody was eating it except for me. Well, it's not like I bring it up every year or anything. 
It kind of is, actually. <laughs> kind of is. When you, well, anyway, get, getting to the point here, you're having a Super Bowl party this weekend, and I'm just wondering if it's going to be a repeat of the you know, great Super Bowl party of Lot 6. Well, let me see this. Once again, like it's come down to me having the party because everybody, nobody has a plan, and they all say, hey, can we come over to your place? You know, you've got a big TV. You got a lot of space for people to sit down, and I just say, "Yeah, okay." I mean, I didn't send out an evite or anything like that. There's been no Facebook posting telling everybody to come to my place. It's just, sure, come on over. So, so you don't know if anyone's going to be there. So I might be coming. Well, all I've the way talked up. to people. I think there's going to be eight to twelve people. But you know, that's what I thought at the previous infamous. One. I will say that last year people came over, and there were a lot of people. There was a touchdown dance competition. I got super fucked up. Okay, but there, um, there's a minute chance that I might be coming all the way up from San Francisco, and it's just going to be me and you and a table full of food and New England playing again on TV. Yeah, I think it was New England playing that first <laughs> it time. Was, it was. It was back in 06. <laughs> well, I guess, um, I guess we'll have to see, but I, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be nice to get out of town. So, Wankerly, you know, I, I, I got to say that... Uh, Got to apologize in advance here. A little disclaimer that I'm going to be flying by the seat of my pants with this podcast. I didn't have much time to prepare last night. I was planning to, but then I just ended up getting high and watching four episodes in a row of Dave's Old Porn. Have you seen that show? Oh, you mean it's a show? <laughs> you weren't just watching your old porn? My old porn? My old porn? Like I went and grabbed my uh, my old uh, my trunk over there and just pulled out some old porn that I've had for years. The VHS tapes. Just, uh, no, I haven't seen the show. There's a show? Well, it, it's actually a really good... You know, people I totally recommend it. It's a Showtime show. Dave Attell, the comedian, has a Showtime show called Dave's Old Porn where he invites current porn starlets, uh, comedians, actors. They sit on a couch and they watch old porn movies. And then the best part about it is oftentimes he has actors that were in those porn movies from like the 70s and 80s come on the show. Like a mystery science theater thing where they're snarking on the old porn movie as they watch it? Well, it's it's more like uh, Dave Attell asking, like he had Whitney Cummings on. He kept asking, and I don't even like her that much. No, she's awful. No, she's awful. And she's not even that funny. But he kept trying to make her feel uncomfortable by asking all these questions. And she was trying really too hard to be funny. But Dave Attell's a funny guy. Right, he's legitimately funny, and and it's and it's it, what's funny to me about that show is when you see the new porn starlets like Belladonna, and she's a little bit cooler than, than some of the other ones. What does she look like? Blonde. Um, you've seen? I'm sure you've jacked up. I'm sure I've times. seen her, but I don't. What does she look? That's why I'm asking what she looks like. And I'm I'll sure, say, oh, that one. I'm sure you've seen her feminine folds. <laughs> no, she's got like black hair, tattoos or something. I don't know. He had a couple others on, but this one that he had on didn't even know who John Holmes was. Well, porn <laughs> stars aren't known, aren't known for their historical you know, acumen. How could you not know just who John general Holmes intelligence is. level? I don't know. He, he has some great movies on there, though. They had a, some old Ron Jeremy movie, and then he brought out Ron Jeremy, and Ron Jeremy oh, was telling all these stories about it. Ron Jeremy would come on this show. Probably multiple times if we asked him. He's a publicity hound. Yeah, we almost should have asked that guy. But anyway, Wackerly, so I didn't get to prepare for the show. But in, in fact, I did, in a way. Because it's good for me to be knowledgeable about porn. Because I'm going to be watching a hell of a lot of it right now. I don't know if um, you've read the news, but um, news. I'm single. 
podcrafting celebrity news. I'm a single dude. Hitting. I'm a bro. Single bro Exclusive. now. I am a single man living oh, in a bachelor pad. Yep. Well, that was fast. It was, so you it was broke quick. broke up and you got a new place all to yourself all at once. All in a matter of two weeks, Markerly. Wow. So now I can masturbate to porn without fear of being caught and ridiculed. You ever had that happen? Not since I was like eight years old. <laughs> what, what kind of porn were you jacking off to when you were eight years old? Uh, I think I was just jacking off to images in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> my know. Little Pony coloring book? Like, seriously. <laughs> Rainbow Bright. <laughs> I do remember jacking off at a very early age and getting caught by mom and not even knowing what I was doing or that it was not, that it was not appropriate until, you know, my mom informed me that what I was doing was not appropriate. So then you, so what, what did you have then? Like a stigma towards masturbation for the, you know, for the remainder of your adolescence? No, I just was constantly trying to find someplace to hide and do it. I never <laughs> well, had like, sh- I never had like religious based shame about it or anything. Well, I've lived, I've had a couple girlfriends I've lived with and, uh, I've been caught by pretty much every girlfriend I think I've had, yeah. that, especially girlfriends I've lived with. I've, I've been never caught been caught jerking off by a girlfriend, but I, they found the porn and been very pissed off. One, well, one didn't care. Bullshit. One was very cool about porn. I remember like uh, the, the the one girl. I don't want, I want them to go nameless here, but I, I lived with one for quite a few years, and I remember when she caught me, and she had been sleeping. Like she went to bed at like ten thirty. You know, uh-huh. it's like eleven. I'm stoned. I was like, I'm gonna go jerk off. I'm sitting there jerking off, and she like opened up the door, and she was like. The horror! Just like this yeah. look on her face, just a complete shock and disbelief. And she's like, what are you doing? And I'm just like, uh, it's not what you think. It's not what you think. Turn around. <laughs> it's exactly what she thinks. <laughs> Close your eyes, woman. <laughs> I'm giving myself a prostate exam. But my, my, my current ex-girlfriend, though, my, my most recent current one. Ex-girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. My current ex-girlfriend. My most recent ex. Um... She not only caught me several times, but she would ridicule me. It was humiliating. It really was. Huh. So I'm looking forward to now. Like, like, okay, what she would do is she would sneak up and like open up my office door and just be like, are you jerking off? And she'd ask me, and I was just like, uh, well, I've got my dick in my hand and my pants are down on my ankles. Uh, what else do you think I'm doing? You know, playing go fish. And she would just, and then. <laughs> well, we've, we've discussed your masturbation behavior before with respect to the dog that you had with her right and how you know you're like flailing about in the chair and the fucking wheels are going all over the place and you're scared you're gonna run the dog over i mean how how could your girlfriend not know you're drinking off in there when you're making such a racket i do covert masturbation techniques when oh, she's yeah, sleeping different techniques okay. yeah when she's sleeping i mean if Let's she's not around on. it's you know it's a tilt a whirl going on in there <laughs> i have a swivel chair you know i can do what i want but if, but at night, you know, I, I do covert uh, masturbation techniques to try to make as little noise as possible. And, you like know, I have my like headphones it's like on. Like Seal Team Six of beating <laughs> off. <laughs> Defcon Four. But you know, I have my headphones in, so she's not going to hear. You know, I'm not going to hear her approach. But she would like open That's up the door and just scare me, and then, you know, days later, ridicule me of my masturbation face. Like she would do my masturbation face, the face I was making, and I was just like, you know, I don't need this. That's not why we yeah, broke up. I would up. ask you to show me the face, but I don't want it to haunt my nightmares. <laughs> you will never see month. my masturbation face, Wackerly. Good. Mark my Thank words. You. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. I'm a single dude now, so now I don't have to worry about being 
publicly humiliated for masturbating. I can masturbate anytime I want. And it, it's funny because I was thinking about this. It's been a while since I've been single. And it's kind of weird being single at, at our age, at the age of 37. I, I kind of feel like I'm almost like the recently divorced dad, you know, who's just like got his own bachelor pad now, living in the condominium complex with all the other bachelor dudes, you know, like that are way younger than me. But hey, I sleep in a race car. What kind of bed do you sleep in? Like Millhouse's dad or something. They're like 20-year-old migrant workers, but you're like, you know, a 30 mid 30s year old office guy like hey guys what's going on oh we going down to home depot to find it work what are you doing well i'm having coffee and typing my forms up so yeah but what's weird about it and i guess this is what i find weird is most of my friends at this age are either married or engaged or have children you know and it's just like they're not like eager to go to the bar to try to pick up loose women you know, it's, it's like Mo, a, most meaning ninety five percent, or most meaning sixty percent. Okay, well, I believe it's like sixty percent for you. I'm just going. I would say it's probably about inventory. I would say it's probably about seventy five percent. Most there my friends article, are hitched. There was an article in Slate this week about this very issue. Um, somebody called Eric Kleinenberg wrote a book called "Going Solo." The extraordinarily wait. The, the embarrassment of having a very Jewish surname. I can't uh, read what I wrote here. Oh, the extraordinary rise and surprising appeal of living alone. I don't know why you wouldn't just call his book "Going Solo" and then you could read it and figure all that out. But something about long titles is in vogue right now. Uh, and one of the statistics that I read that I will pull out now is that in 1950, America. Four million adults lived alone, which was nine percent of uh, adult households. And now, in two thousand twelve, thirty-one million adults live alone, which is twenty-eight percent. Wow! Well, I think so, the odds are in our favor here. Yeah. So when you're saying that, you know, like, like most of your friends are married or or have kids or engaged or in a shacking up type of situation, it's not. It might be sixty percent, but you know. But, the, but it also seems there. like the social stigma of being, you know, the the recluse that lives by himself at the age of 40, you know, it seems like that social stigma has been lifted if it's become kind of the norm. A little bit. The, so that 31 million apparently breaks down. It's 17 million women and 14 million men, which are good odds wow. for us single dudes. Yeah, that's actually – but but there's a lot of women, though. That That's the thing. At this age, there are a lot of women who are just – complete damaged goods like they've they've resolved themselves to spinsterhood (laughs) well there's a lot of men at 37 too that have just like you know given up on never dating women and and are just bitter yes they they frequent lots of internet message boards yeah they they, well i think they just frequent the sick and wrong forum oh the other (laughs) ones too yeah here's 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 the typical thread and you'll read it in almost every forum man if women are gonna have the same jobs and equal opportunity. I'm not holding the door for them anymore, and I'm not paying for dates. That's bullshit. <laughs> Fuck off. That's a guy that hasn't been laid in, like, I don't know, maybe a year, two. Or ever will be. <laughs> he just hates those with vaginas. But it, but it, it is strange, being 37. So now I'm going to have to be that single dude. Like, i got to go to the bar. I gotta, yeah, You I know what? I, I need to practice my sustained eye, con- eye contact, like, desperate, longing stare. You know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about, but I haven't perfected it myself either. I, I, I don't know how to go about it. 
Well, it's that thing where it's like the single guy stare, and, and women hate this. Women hate it because a woman can sense a single dude as soon as he walks in the bar. They'll look at him and be like, okay, that guy's been single for about eight months. Let's stay as far away as possible. Because I think guys, they look at those the hair, the length of the hair growing out of the, the back of your neck. Or you your know? ears. Or your ear or nose hair is another one. How how un, unruly your eyebrows are. Because they know if you were dating recently, your girlfriend and or wife would have made you take care of that shit. Yeah, or she would have done it herself. Exactly. True. So it's like, I think they can tell that. But it's also like the dudes will come in and just make like this sustained eye contact to see if the girl is actually looking at them. And in their mind, they think she's looking at them. So that can justify them going over and asking right. if she wants to buy a drink or saying, hi. How are you doing? Like, I'm, I'm dreading that. Do I'm, you like websites? <laughs> <laughs> I still have a zip drive. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I just don't even know what to say. I hate that. I hate doing that. Like, the only time I ever meet chicks at a bar usually is it's it's got to be organic. And it usually ends up just being a girl sits down next to me and I just say something. You know, it's rare that I'd ever go to a table of girls and be like, so my name's Dave. Do you like websites? Yeah, I just I couldn't do that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've been watching The Wire again, and uh, what works for those guys? Although if you're a cop, I think you can get laid by just be, by virtue of being a cop. They approach the girl as she's at the jukebox. I've I've noticed it two or three times in The Wire. That's how they portray a successful bar hookup for a dude. Because hmm. then, even if the girl's with a group, she's by herself at that moment, and you can talk about the music. You can talk about the music she's picking out. It's a good idea. Or you can say something like, oh, I hope you're playing my song or some shit like that. Hmm, so, in a, so okay, you, you would rather do that in a bar, you know, when she's at the jukebox, not the parking lot that's empty when she's getting into not her car. Not when she's by herself waiting for the bathroom. That doesn't really work. So, okay. number one or number two. <laughs> my favorite thing about dudes that are recently single and I, I'm trying to avoid this mentality, but one of my favorite things about it is when guys are like, I'm not going to have a problem getting laid now that I'm single. When I was in a relationship, chicks were checking me out all the time. You know, and I, I, I seriously think this myth, a lot of guys think that. A lot of them do. I mean, I've, I've thought that too. Like when I was in a relationship, you know, you, you're walking around with a girl and be like, that chick's totally checking me out. Maybe it's because I'm, I'm with a pretty chick. You know, maybe I'm with an attractive woman, so they think I can. Or I'm just awesome. I'm Too bad I can't take advantage of it because I'm uh, in a faithful relationship right now. But if I was single, if I I'd was be single, all over that. I, I just find it so funny that guys are like, oh, I'm not going to have a hard time getting laid. But as soon as they're single, it's like a drought for about six months. Yeah. You know? the, other, the other side of that coin is when you have friends, guys or girls, and you're in a relationship, and they can see that it's not really doing well for you, or they don't think it is, or they don't like the person you're dating. Um, they will tell you. They'll say, "Oh man, you're not gonna have any trouble finding somebody. Just, just get out there. There's all kinds of single girls. We have all these friends." And then as soon as you break up, you know, you're like calling them. It's like a beep beep a dial tone. A tumbleweed is tumbleweed just rolls through, your, through through your bedroom. You're like, oh, like, I guess I that didn't really work out. Where, where, where are all these hookups? It's oh, just we're, going echo. To meet, we're, we're going to hang out with some friends who are oh yeah really who are they oh a couple girls yeah you know denise and her big fat butch lesbian <laughs> girlfriend chandra oh great that's cool yeah i don't know I, I think right now i'm kind of savoring the solitude 
But yeah, in about a few months from now, I'm going to be one of those desperate single guys. And, and that's the thing with single guys, too. They know, like, in our back of our mind, we know down to the fucking second how long it's been since our penis has entered a vagina. We do. We know it. We won't say we know it. Even to our friends, we'll be like, oh, it's been a couple months, you know? Not that bad, but a couple months. Rounding dry spill. Down. A little dry spill. But in our mind, as soon as we get back home, we're crying while we're jerking off because we know how long it's been. We know. It's gonna, the penis it's, knows. Yeah. No, the penis definitely knows how long it's been since it's been wet. <laughs> it's like... This hand isn't a vagina. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> what, what am I, chopped liver down here? How dare you try to fool me with your clever <laughs> ruse. <laughs> so I posted... It's not even a female's hand. It's, it's your own hand, you <laughs> sicko. Get this thing away from me. Sorry, buddy. This is how it's got to be. So I posted... I'm talking to my own penis, by the way, right now. <laughs> I posted... Oh, no, I'm trying to ignore that. I posted a Twitter... The other day, it was more of a joke, actually, but it started rumors on the forum about my new singlehood, my newfound singlehood. And uh, there were some questions that came up from it. So I'm willing to entertain some of these questions and give you some answers. Sure. It's, uh, the, the forum thread I'm talking about is D announces he's single and looking for analingus via Twitter. I think my posting was, um, you know, as a newly single man, how can you tell if a girl's an analingus? I just don't want to waste time. It was a joke. It's not like I'm specifically looking for girls that are into how, how are people supposed to know that that's a joke? Did you put a lol after it? I feel like that just... Oh, but it's a weird thing to say. You gotta put a lol after it. That's that's the vernacular of the internet. What about like an emoticon? A smiley emoticon? Maybe a winking emoticon. But that could be just... A winking a, emoticon. It could be taken as a flirting a flirting wink. I, I would stick with the lol. All right, maybe I should. How do you how do you know when a girl's into analingus? I don't want to waste my time. Lol. Lol. Yeah, and then everyone would know that I was joking about it. Well, anyway. Yeah. um, See, keep things keeps things clear. um, I think it was Sodomizer here on the forum said in a recent twat, D announced he's newly single and looking for someone. I'm going to assume here someone to lick his asshole. And so he's asked a couple questions: Is he making room for Wackerly to move to L.A.? Yeah. Oh, the old, the old imp- gay implication joke. The old gay implications. Uh, no, that is a negative. Um, I don't think Wackley has any plans to move down to L.A., although it would be cool. We could go hit some of the old haunts. I live right around the corner from Jumbo's Clown Room. We could be like uh, Jack Tripper and Larry, whatever his last name is, of uh, Three's Company, you know? I you think guys out in the town. I would rather be more like the dudes at night at the Roxbury, because the Roxbury is actually up the street from here. If we could just go out and get all broed out and just try to pick up chicks. That's not the Roxbury that that movie refers to. Oh, I thought it did. It's oh, well. in, it's, I think it's a place in Boston, although I could be wrong. I thought it was in Boston. Well, I mean, we could still hit this Roxbury, and uh, we could still get all broed out and try to pick up chicks, maybe like Asian chicks. Okay, what's Is that, up? Is that who hangs out there? Yeah, lots of Asian chicks. But we could, oh. you know, I mean. They, it, they go for the wealthy people. <laughs> Yeah, but okay, class. you wear your affliction shirt, I'll wear my Ed Hardy, and sure. we'll just grease our hair back and try to hey. look as young as possible. Hey, two single dudes, we gotta take our chances, broaden the horizons. I just wanna I'm get down. all broed out and just be like, what's up, bro? Lots of fist bumping. Do you have gel? I have. I think I could dig up some gel in here. Spray tan? Ooh, I don't have that. I've never been good I'm gonna need, that. I'm gonna need some clip-on diamond earring stud type things. We could arrange that. I, I mean, we have time, yeah, okay, we have time so, to work it out. We have time to work it out. 
You know, Wackley might come down here and visit, and we'll get broed out and look for chicks. <laughs> um, so the next question here is, <laughs> is he moving back to Loin to live with Bob Madigan? That's a definite negative. I couldn't imagine having that guy as a roommate. Well, I think he's implying that he would be your new boyfriend. <laughs> How yeah, about that, that? Lots of gay questions here. Are Dean I'm Lance... your daddy. <laughs> Donkey daddy. Come here. Let me give you a cuddle. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a, my prison cellmate. Exactly. Um, are Dean and Lance both moving to a state that allows gay marriage? You know, the, the gay questions just keep on coming. There's a lot of diversity to these jabs. Yeah, these are just, uh, they, these are hitting below the belt, you know. What states are those at this point? Iowa, Canada, I think, just a lot or something. Maine, I think. Is there a Alaska, Vermont? maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, no, that's not going to happen. Places where I don't want to live, that's for sure. Uh, final question here is, what will happen to George Michael, the little dog? You know, that's a part that breaks my black contorted twisted heart oh, he's getting um, emo on us already you just broke up and you're already going full emo no actually to be honest i got a place that doesn't allow pets and i and i didn't do it on purpose but i really couldn't have a dog i just can't deal with the responsibility of having a dog especially as a single bro you know a single dude i can't uh. be expected to come back you know that's the thing with the with a dog you want yeah, to, dogs are great girl bait dogs are great girl that. bait but in the end, you're going to be the one that has to pick up its shit. You're going to be the one that has to come home at like 12 so you can make sure that the dog, you know, isn't alone. And yeah, so, you'd I'm, be a single dad. You gotta yeah, be a single dad. I'm, I'm not down with that. You know, it's not like I'd give the dog to the pound. But, um, but think about it. That's a, that's, a good, that's a good line at the bar. You know, the, the whole point of the, of the bar hookup is you, you got to get the girl out of the bar at some point back to your place or back to her place. And I, I mean, how, what, what girl could resist... Man, it's really great talking to you. I wish I could talk to you more, but I gotta go back and like feed my dog some biscuits and let him out to go to go potty. I guess you say. <laughs> what girl would find that would arousing? Every girl. Oh, you're out of your mind. If you're at the bar, you're like, so I gotta go feed my dog and and give it some rubs on its belly because it loves that. You do you, think, what do you, do you know think women? But do you think the women... Do you know are, any women? <laughs> but do you think those women are like, oh, let me accompany you, and then afterwards I'll give you a blowjob? Yes. They are not thinking that. What, what do you think? Like, you think more women would be interested in, like, coming and checking out your vintage vinyl? No, this is what a woman would... If I was at the bar... And, 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 and to be honest, you can say, hey, I gotta go let my dog out. Do you want to come with me? And, and at the time, you know, coincidentally, you can also check out my vintage vinyl. You've got all the bases covered. This is I what would need, work. I think you need to get that dog. I know it's been a while since I've been single. I don't have as much experience as you, but I think this is what would work. It's like, hey, I got an eight ball of cocaine at home. You want to go blow some lines and listen to Lou Reed? That would work. Okay. Look, I got to go take care of my dog. I have some vintage vinyl and I got some coke. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then it would. I just don't think dog alone is going to convince no. a girl to come to your house. No. It's a puppy. It's cute. I swear. Here's what you do. <laughs> just test it out. Just tell the girl you have a dog. When you get back to your house, be like, that was a lie, just to see if I could get you back here with the dog thing. Where are you going? Where are you going? Why are you blowing that rape whistle? <laughs> um, but so George Michael, my, my ex-girlfriend, is actually her dog. I brought the dog for her for Christmas, and she's going to keep the dog. And uh, so, yeah, I, I don't want to do that. And that's the one thing with couples that break up, that own a dog, that have a dog. And I mean, I had reservations about that dog from the beginning mainly for this reason, but I'd, I would never have joint custody of an animal. 
I think that's right. so. I think that is so fucking twisted. It's the right. logic of it is twisted. It's well, like, you don't want to be Walter Sobchak bring it to the bowling alley. Yeah, exactly. Like it, there's so many dudes that are just like, well, you know, I gotta go. My ex girlfriend has dogs, but I gotta go visit them. It's like it's not a child. All right, she took the dog. No. That dog's forgotten about you in a matter of a week. I'm sure that dog's already forgotten completely forgotten about this Jew that used to like hold her and love her. Take her for I'm a walk sure she knows your smell. She just doesn't, you know. <laughs> she's not. She's not going to need therapy because you're gone. That's true. I'm sure she's a much happier animal. So yeah, George Michael is not mine. Um, I got a question here from Reich. He says, "Is this really true? Is D single again? What the hell happened, dude?" Someone it's else kind of actually open ended question. <laughs> Yeah, someone else actually uh, emailed the Hotmail account saying, why did you break up with your lady? You know, that's a bit personal. That's a personal question. I'm going to answer after, it. After, you, after week after week for 300 episodes, you lay your personal life out on the line for the craft. But, but this is a bit personal. I don't want to talk personal. shit about it. Just say you don't want to answer it. Well, no. You know, okay, this is all I'm going to say about it. Suffice it to say, don't live with a woman unless you have to. If you have to live with a woman, do it. If you don't have to... Don't do it, because I think that that is the arsenic that destroys a relationship. Depends once you on live them. with them, I don't know. Once you live with people, you gotta yeah. find the right woman to live with. That's I think what's going on here. Yeah, if that's possible, I think separate places is the way to go. Um, Mister Stabby says, "Ask me uh, who got the Panther table, the Panther coffee table." Um, that actually, that Panther coffee table is never mine. I Jewed the guy down for it, but um, well, the ex girlfriend bought it. It was her money. The value of your Jewing, though, is, is your ownership stake in the table. I, I, I think I followed up this posting with that was my first question as well. What's going to happen to the Panther coffee table? You know, I stake no ownership claim to that. I mean, right. you, you've, you've gifted it to her, though. I, I want you to I use my recognize powers. that by giving it to her. I mean, you are doing her a favor. You do have part ownership of it. And you I, carried it, if I remember correctly. I No, I did. Okay, I did carry it, and I do have part ownership to it. But I was just using the claw to get her a deal for that. So, you know, the Panther coffee table's hers. I, do you I'm feel like of, you were fully repaid in sexual favors at the time for your wielding of the Jew claw? Yeah, I would say so. Okay. I would All right, say so. fine. Then it's hers. I agree. You know, honestly, case. I'm one of those dudes. It's like, you know, like when you live with a girl for a while and then you, you break up, I'm not one of those guys that needs to bicker over, well, that, that's my bowl and that's my, you know, fork. I'm just kind of like, whatever. This is some of my stuff. If you want it, you can have it. I don't really care. That's kind of what right. I did. I didn't even have that much stuff to begin with. So I was like, You whatever. know what I've experienced more than that? The opposite, where the, you break up, the girl moves out or away. And she leaves all her shit there. And you're like, you're, wait, you're leaving all this crap? Now what the fuck am I supposed to do with it? And well, then see, you got to either throw it out and risk that she's going to call, you know, three months later and be like, oh, where's that thing that my dad gave me, you know, that's an heirloom and, you know, has lots of sentimental value. And be like, I fucking threw it out. I'm not, I'm not storing all your shit after you broke up with me. I think a lot of women do that, though, to maintain some type of attachment with you. I well, there's two roads you can go. I think some of them do it for that reason, and then other of them do it because they're like the whole breakup is that they, I just want a clean break and I want to start over, and like so part of the leaving easy, their past behind. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I have I have lots of shit that I'd like to just leave somewhere someday, but you know, you can't do that if you're an adult. Like the you know the apartment owner that you're moving out from will charge you to remove all that shit. But if you leave it with your fucking boyfriend. 
you know, you can later cl- have him pay to ship it to you. It's a win-win. Yeah, that's true. Uh, finally here, the last comment I'm going to mention is uh, Iron Man. Good old Iron Man. He writes, hey, D, if you ever need a wingman, you have my number and address. I don't recall having either one of those or ever <laughs> wanting either one of those. But could you imagine having Iron Man as your wingman? Like, talk about worst only, wingman the ever. Way, the only way that would work is if you're trying to look good by compa- like l- less creepy by comparison. Yeah, but he's the type Which of dude. Which is a valid strategy, I guess. Okay, he's the type of dude. I mean, I guess he's a younger dude, younger than us. But he's the type of guy that, okay, you meet two girls, you start chatting, and you're like, excuse me, I'm going to go to the bathroom. By the time you come out of that bathroom, three minutes later, I would say either both or at least one of those girls is going to be crying because Iron, Ma- Iron Man just made her feel terrible for having a vagina and wielding that power. Or, the, or both of them are going to feel incredibly awkward and just they're going to leave. And then it's just Iron Man sitting at the table being like, I don't know what happened, dude. They're gone. Yeah, Iron Man's not the guy I want to go to, you know, the, the hip club with. I, if I want to go to like a Mexican donkey show, I'll bring him. Actually, I bet you he'd put a lot of ass at the donkey show. Well, he'd plus probably he can, be an he can translate. At the donkey he can show. translate. He can do the conversions. Like, how many dollars does this peso tip that I'm giving this girl equate, equate to? <laughs> he can be like, he can be like, uh, drink the margarita, but don't eat that uh, casserole of beanie weenies out on the side. Don't, don't eat that. It'll give you Montezuma revenge. Well, so a little bit wackily, I'm single now, and I guess. Uh, you know, I, I'm at the point now where it's like I'm in no rush to, and I, I say this now because you know I'm newly single, but I'm in no rush to like shack up with some woman. I'm not going to pursue anything if it falls in my lap. If it just so happens, you know, if I'm at the massage parlor and I got to pay a little extra for a tug, um, that that might happen. I'm just saying I'm not going to I'm not going to start buying flowers for a girl anytime soon. I don't think I'm going to be filling out a J date application, you know, or or profile. In the next well, couple months, maybe. Yeah, I guess. don't wait too long. That's all I'm saying. Got to keep your edge. Yeah, that's true. But this all falling into your lap idea. Don't even entertain that in any way. No, it, it probably would never happen. If some but... good-looking girl just shows up my front door asking for a cup of sugar and nothing but her apron. I would probably have <laughs> sex with her, but you know, I'm not going to go looking. <laughs> but the more I think about it, women are a lot of work, dude. They're a lot of work. They're complicated. They're expensive. They're demanding. I might just say fuck it all. I'm single now. I just do do my own thing, you know. Concentrate on my own life. Yeah, just you and Rollo hanging out, drinking Trent, buddies. You, you know, case in point, I'm talking about Trent Arsenault. You heard about this guy? No, we're not talking about the lead singer for Nine Inch Nails, right? He's a sad sack. And no, that's, single, I that's believe. That's Trent Reznor, but I bet you can get oh. a lot of better ass than I can. But no, Trent Arsenault is not concerned with pulling ass. He's the rebel sperm donor virgin from the Bay Area. 36-year-old dude. You heard about oh, this dude? this guy. Yeah, I have. I didn't know his name. He works, he works in like the, I don't know, the tech sector. I think he's like a software engineer or something. But he hosts his own sperm donor website. And then he... You know, he, he, he films himself jacking off into cups and you can watch the you can watch the vids on uh on X Tube. So and he's then, really not worried about being single for the rest of his life with this kind of behavior. He doesn't even he has no interest in making an online profile, online dating profile. He has no interest in winking at a chick he's interested in. He doesn't even care about spending money on expensive dinners. 
All that guy does is jerk off into a cup and give his sperm to the poor. And non-discriminating. And non-discriminating. Oh. <laughs> You'll see. And he occasionally films it, posts it on the web. That guy lives life by his own rules. And I think Truly, that's admirable. Clearly. So I emailed the guy, saw him through Facebook, emailed him. He said that he'd uh, gladly chat with me here on Sick and Wrong. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to play that interview. I, I did it last week, but uh, I'm going to play that interview. Before we get to that, here's a word from our sponsor, audible.com. Audible.com is the internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. With over 75,000 titles to choose from, Audible has it covered. Get a free audiobook download when you sign up for a free trial. Go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash diddle and get your free audiobook today. Every night with my star friends, we eat caviar and drink champagne. Hello? Hey, this is D. Simon calling you from Sick and Wrong. Uh, thanks for uh, chatting with me tonight. Um, Hi, Trent, before we get started, Trent, how do you pronounce your last name? Because I'm going to butcher it and I just don't want to do that. Arsenal, it's a French name. Arsenal. So the, the T is silent, that's right. Okay, so Arsenal. All right. So so we have Trent Arsenal here on Sick and Wrong tonight. And uh, I guess through the recent media infatuation with you, um, you you've yeah. be kind of become this infamous and controversial sperm donor. In, in fact, the SF Chronicle even referred to you as like the Bay Area's unstoppable sperminator. <laughs> right. So, yeah, so, I, how, how do you feel about these monikers? Oh, I, I'm just laughing it off. It's been kind of a really tremendous response. I never thought there would be that much public interest about what I do as a sperm donor, considering um, it's um, something a lot of people do in one way or another. And it's something you've been doing for quite some time, am I correct? Yeah, since 2006. So then why the sudden, I guess, infatuation? There was a, a um, recent government order, which um, one of the local um, uh, news stations uncovered, and it came from the FDA, the Food and Drug, and it was a seize manufacturing order. So I think that's probably what what um, got the ball rolling with a lot of the media coverage. Yeah, I was I was going to ask you about that a little bit later. I read about a cease and desist order uh, that you received. Uh-huh. Um, before we get to that, tell me a little bit about yourself, Trent. What is your mission, and uh, why, why do you consider yourself to be a sperm donor activist? Like, what is a sperm donor <laughs> activist? <laughs> kind of um, molded into that that uh, role, but um, a little bit about myself. Um, this is, I'm 36 years old, live and work in the Silicon Valley area of California. That's actually my day job. And I work 60, 70, 80 hour weeks sometimes in, a in one of the biggest high tech manufacturing companies in the U S. So, so you like don't a have a lot engineer? of software security, um, all of the, the above, I can do quite a few roles in it. Okay. Um, so that's that's my day job, and that's what I get paid for. So off the it, clock, you're donating sperm. That's right, for free. Okay, that, that was kind of my uh, next question. I mean, I, I've read that like at, uh, at certain sperm, uh, at, at, like the cryobank, for example, 
that uh, people can pay up to four hundred fifty-five to seven hundred fifty fifteen dollars per donation. And uh, even ABC reported that a woman spent almost sixty thousand dollars at sperm banks. So yeah, he, that's kind of un- unbelievable. And I hear that story a lot from the the people who contact me. So you can see how desperate some people are to have children. Is that what inspired you to become a, I guess, a sperm donor vigilante? Give it away for free. Um, that's one of the reasons I didn't know too much about the costs of the industry when I started. I um, originally started when a, a, a local couple here put an ad out looking for a sperm donor, and what they talked about was that they didn't have success at the, the the sperm clinic that they were using. So they wanted to try just the more intimate option where they found where they would find someone who would give their sperm to them right away. And um, it, it was later on that I found out how much money people spend in the process. So so you you they made con- or you made contact with this couple, a childless couple who was trying to um trying to uh, become pregnant and have a, have a, have a family. And uh, you made contact with them through which website? Like Craigslist? It it was like a Craigslist. This was a few years before Facebook. So what it was was a Yahoo forum for sperm donors and there was some um, it's like people from all across the country would um either post ads on that they were seeking a donor or that a donor was available. And I had some interest in donating and I looked at the, the, um, the, the forum for a few months. And uh, one day I saw a couple right from the hometown where, where I live here in California. And I thought, well, it's probably time I should reply. And um, that they responded right back to me and told me their story. And we agreed to meet and, kind of um, next thing you know you got, gave him some sperm and now do they have a they have a your child i guess their child yeah they're they're, they're school teachers and um they had one adopted child and they wanted another sibling for their for their um their daughter and today um they were to make a long story short they were we um agreed and um I donated to them one time, and they were pregnant on the first try. And today, they have a four-year-old boy. Huh, wow! Well, that, that, I mean, that's 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 great. So you've yeah. been donating sperm since uh, I guess the mid two thousands. How many how many children do you think you've sired? It's optional for the recipients to get back to me on the the outcome. I think most of them do report back to me because. Um, you know, just because we're in a partnership and out of courtesy, they'll they'll tell me the outcome. And so far, there's been 14 reported pregnant um, births and a few more additional pregnancies that are that are on the way. Have you ever met any of, I guess, your progeny? I've met four of the biological children already: three girls and one boy. You know, isn't there a reality show uh, on like Style Channel, cable cable channel called like Exposed Sperm Donor? Yeah, I was just surfing and um, saw that if, like a week ago. 
And um, would you ever do I, that? I guess the, the fellow there had 70 children that he was aware of. And um, I didn't watch it long enough to see him actually meeting a child. But um, I mean, I guess it, it, it's, there's got to be a, a difference. I mean, you've been doing it for a few years. So most of these, these children are still infants or, or you know children. They're under 10. But I mean, it, it's got to be a different reaction to meet an adult who um, I guess is your biological child. Yeah, are you referring to the, the show? Um, well, I'm just saying, uh, as a sperm donor, it, you must have an emotional reaction to meet somebody who's like, you know, in their 20s, who, uh, you know, is your biological child, yet you don't really, you know, you never raise that kid. Yeah, the, the, the oldest child that um, I'm aware of is four years old, so it will will be interesting one to... Do you plan to play a role in these in these 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 child these children's lives? I don't. I sign an agreement with the the couples who I um, who I donate to, and it says that um, that I won't be a a parent to the child or have any role in raising the child. Mm-hmm. However, it does state that the parents can choose to introduce me to the child if they want to. And that I'll um, be available at um, uh, any time at the parents choosing to to um, you know be have be a known identity to the child, and I think that's yeah, that's important. I think that's to a lot of the families. So, so how, tell me how the process works. So, you have a website, or is it your own website, or is it like a sperm donor, like Craigslist type of site? Do they, do they contact you? Like, how, how does it all work? Like if yeah, I wanted to get some of your sperm, what would I have to do? Website that I operate out of my house. It's trentdonor.org. Okay. There are um, there are websites similar to Match.com or dating sites where people can find sperm donors. The, the site I run is just myself on it. And um, the, the purpose of this site is to publish information that will help the um, interested families, the childless couples, um, be able to make a decision if they want me to donate to them or not. So there's uh, baby photos of me. There's information on the the mm-hmm. babies that I've already had. Um, there's sexually transmitted disease copies on there. So you're fully um, tested, I imagine. Yeah, I get tested on a set basis for for ten diseases, and uh, once I have the results, I publish them up onto this website. So there's a lot of information. There, there's even links to other um, sites where they can find donors. So I I try to put quite a bit of stuff on there. Do you typically meet up with the candidates? Maybe go out for coffee and 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 screen them beforehand. Yeah, a lot of them. Um, do want to meet with me they're they're actually screening me as well and uh, usually it's them asking most of the questions when we meet up do they have any oddball questions like you're just like well i'm not really comfortable with answering that um when the government seized manufacturing order first came out a lot of people were wondering what that was all about but um, to this day there's no one who's ever been influenced by that cease manufacturing order to not consider me as a donor. Do traditional sperm banks usually allow the donor to meet the family? Or is that atypical? Most, 
from what I know, most of the time, not. I know there's some banks that they call it known donors, which you pay more money to know the donor at age 18 of the child. But mm. typically, um, unless you're sexual partners, like a man, a married couple um, who, who already know each other, obviously, most sperm banks don't um, you know, provide like uh, that level of intimacy so so tell me have you ever turned anyone down like have you ever met somebody and you went to it like a, a starbucks and you went to go to to dis, to meet the people and have this the screening process and then you're like no way you are not getting my sperm yeah unfortunately i had to when i f first started donating um to, so today i donate to to childless couples who are married but who have fertility issues or, you know, in the case of um, lesbian partners who, who don't have a male. Mm -hmm. so, but before that, I was donating to some single women. And what I found time after time is that the single women saw this as, um, some of them saw it as trying to find a father to start a family with a man. And, so were they looking for you to start this this family? I don't know if it was necessarily me, but, but I think I was an easy. Um, uh, I think I made it easy for them to find a, a person to, for, uh, by being a donor, and um, you know I, in those situations, I, I would rather save that intimacy to for a marriage and i didn't want to uh, you know uh, a marriage between a um if the if the woman was looking for a man i think she should marry versus um trying to what i saw is that, that mm -hmm. she was trying to trick me into becoming that, a sounds like deception to me i mean i, I don't I, I don't know i mean i don't know much about sperm donating but it definitely sounds like uh like she was being deceptive so, yeah, so, it was the de deception there, and I, I, I wish in those particular cases they would have been more upfront. So, so single women do not get your sperm. That's that's one of your rules. What, what was that? So single women do not get your sperm. No, not anymore. Um, there's there's a huge demand just from the 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 couples. So um, for now, I think I'll, I'll continue to donate just to couples. Mm -hmm. So, um, Trent, tell me about. I, I read that you have a special diet um, that that you that you adhere to um, in order to, uh, I, I guess, produce uh, viable sperm. So tell me about this special diet. What does it involve? Well, it's mostly organic food, and it's a lot of fruits and blueberries, kiwi, strawberry, um, bananas, and then a lot of ingredients that I I pick for. For known fertility reasons, either like traditional fertility foods such as um, chocolate, which the 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 was used in the Americas for for increasing uh, sex drive, and then um, hmm. other foods that I've picked up on just by traveling around the world, like like um, dates, which are common in traditional food in the Middle East for dates for make sex, you fertile or just um, drive. Aroused. What was that? Dates are supposed to make you fertile, or are dates supposed to make you like potent? I guess. 
both of the above and it's it's a known aphrodisiac in the middle east and i actually went and researched it to see the scientific reason and dates contain lots of zinc which is you know have you heard you know oysters uh, yeah um, yeah oysters is an aphrodisiac oysters contain zinc oysters as well contain zinc so so this seems to be the Middle Eastern version of uh, oysters. So I, I have a recipe where I put a lot of dates and chocolate together and make a, a little snack. And I, I think it helps. I, I have some evidence, you know, like sperm count and, and testosterone levels that, that show that I'm so, up there. And So if I was eating like, I don't know, two Big Macs a day, chocolate shakes and french fries, maybe one of the uh, those, those apple pies, would that give me a, a reduced sperm count? Well, men's sperm count, little known fact, has been falling about 2% every year since the 1950s or 60s or so. So, so it fell from where men had a 200 million sperm per milliliter down to about 50 where it is today so it's fallen you know by about 75 percent mine is still up there um mine last sperm count was 200 so um there's evidence right there i mean i th- i blame fast food it's diet it could be yeah it could be diet um i don't think it's been studied very well but it might be chemicals and uh, just different lifestyle changes as well so do you have like a special exercise routine, like um, like jazzercise, yoga, something that prepares you uh, to donate sperm? <laughs> yep, I do. I, I exercise daily, and it's a program I've tuned. It took me um, quite a few years, and the, the goal is to to get the benefits, the, the, the heart benefits of exercise, but do not over-exercise to the point where that would would not would um, impact the sperm count um, negatively. So it's kind of like um, the the way I describe it is the the triathlon type exercises is without the triathlon. So running, biking, swimming. But you can't wear spandex or any tight clothing like that, could you? Because that would reduce the sperm count. Yeah, I've heard that the the body heat levels can can. Um, uh, have a negative impact on sperm count, as well as I've heard that biking can impact it as well. And I, the seats. I do, right, the seats. But I do 20, 30 miles a week. I, I don't do like the what they call centuries, which is hundreds of miles at a time. But I, I do biking, and it doesn't seem to bother me. Hmm. Well, maybe you're the exception. So Trent, but, it, uh, it, I read that you disclose that you're a virgin. Now that that's that seems really interesting to me. You've, you know, sired. You 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 have like more biological children than a lot of people. Yet you still you're a virgin. Is that true? That is true, and it's I do that for the reason of, of safety to the recipients, which is the utmost concern. And I think it's quite um, difficult for me to to get any type of sexually transmitted disease while I'm living this lifestyle so I, I think it's 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 helped immensely in in my success as a donor so so tell me about the these adult videos now this has kind of made you a controversial figure so so you donate sperm through a separate site but then you also have 
videos, the masturbation videos, or videos of you actually doing the donation on uh, on uh, some adult websites? There are videos of me. I think the last one was about nine months or a year ago, and it, it they're on a adult site. Um, I don't make money off the videos. Okay, so they're you don't profit there. from these. No, I um, don't make. Uh, I guess it depends. Uh, it many times recipients have seen the videos and um, that has referred them to me as a donor. So I guess in that way, it it, it is helping um, uh, uh, refer people to, to uh, interested recipients. Well, I, I financially no. I haven't seen the videos, but are these like instructional videos or are these just recreational videos you do in your own time? Like, I mean, why, why, why make the videos? Yeah. Some, some media outlets have called it like, uh, being a porn star, but I don't see it that way. It's, it's just documenting what it's like to be a, a sperm donor and, um, the, so there's just a video the, of you masturbating into a cup. Yeah, you, you see the cup and um, you, you see... Is there the, music the, in the background the, or anything or setting? Uh, sometimes I have the TV on, but that's okay. about it. You, so, you, you see everything like from the point where I get ready to donate to the um, the text message from the the recipient when they're they're here to get the donation. So it's kind of interesting, really... Um, had a, a big response on the site. I think it's garnered over three or four million views. Wow, it's it's, it's gone viral. So so right right now, r- real quick here, I digress for a second. But is your refrigerator is it just filled with a bunch of Ziploc bags with sperm, like in your refrigerator? <laughs> I get asked that a lot, but see the thing is, is the the quicker the recipient gets the sperm, the better because it starts to die um, as soon as it's collected so uh, um, none of the sperm that's from me is saved or frozen it's just given right to the recipient immediately so are they in the other room and you just want to run out there and give it to them or how does that work they're they um are here at my house but they're usually waiting um outside or um or, or they're on their way here and the way i do it is they'll send me a text message like when they're getting off the highway on the way here. And I have it down where I, at the instant that they're pulling up, I'll have the sperm just ready. And wow. So, I mean, that could be like five minutes. I give it. Yeah. It, it, um, they said the quicker, the better. So they, as soon as they get it, they're going to transfer the sperm to them. And, um, that increases the pregnancy odds versus having it frozen. Wow, man, that, that's um, that's that's fascinating. I I didn't know that that's that's how it worked. All right, well, I just have a one more thing I wanted to get to is uh, if we kind of glossed over in the beginning, but so you did receive a a cease and desist order from the FDA. Has this impeded your mission? I mean, you're threatened with a fine, right, and possible jail time. Has this dissuaded you from continuing this practice? No, because. This this order, the way I see it, is it's not just something that I have to fight for. For me, it's for all the the couples who I donate to, especially the ones with who already have babies who want a sibling child. If this order stands, it would probably prevent those couples from 
having another brother or sister for their child and it'd be kind of the FDA um, stopping families from procreating. So, Well, why are I they cracking this, down on you? Their order, the order they sent me says, it named a number of findings. So they came out and inspected my house here in, in, in California. They called it an establishment as if it were a business or, mm-hmm. or clinic. And I strongly disagree with that. I, it's just, um, and, um, well, you're not receiving me, monetary gain from this. Yeah. I, I told them that as well. And, uh, I saw it as an intimate partnership where I'm helping couples wanting to have babies and and they saw it as uh, something that would be regulated. So their findings indicated that um, STD tests weren't done every seven days within a donation and uh, just a lot of um, uh, other findings related to to record keeping and, uh, you know, regulations like that. So if they tried to shut you down or if you did have to go to jail for this, I mean, would you still continue as soon as you got out? Well, I I would um, f- find some other way t- to um, to make this, to, to, to convince the FDA that um, what this doing is intimate um, relationships with a family. So if that meant having to, to go to court or... Um, um, no, pursue legislation. Right now, I'm, request, I'm requesting a hearing with the FDA, and that still hasn't been decided on. So I'm I'm hoping that the FDA will hear my story and from from the recipients as well that this is not a illegal activity. All right. Well, my last question here. So, so what does your girlfriend think of all this? Yeah. Did you have a girlfriend? I, I in high school, I did like dances, uh, the homecoming prom sort of stuff, but I've never had a really serious relationship and and I've, I've devoted so much to my career and uh, education that I just saw myself as um, not missing anything when I started being a donor to these families. And I, I, I think um, in a way I'm fulfilled by being a donor and um, for now I'm not no plans to get married or anything, but who knows what the future will hold. Yeah, we'll have to see. So, so your, your website here is trentdonor.org and anyone can go to it, right? You don't have to sign right, up. Anyone, there, there's lots of information and um, anyone who wants to talk with me more being with a donor, feel free to um, look at the contact information there. Well, Trent, you're a real sperm donor vigilante. Like, seriously, you're like the Robin Hood of sperm donors. I, I, I applaud your mission, and I hope you continue. Uh, thanks for being on the show, man, and uh, you have a really good night. Nice having me. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Right. Take care. Now, that's an interesting life. So, Wankerly, if you met that guy, would you shake his hand? No. <laughs> Although that's pretty stupid, right? I mean, not shaking somebody's hand because you know they beat off. Whereas, in your mind, you know that every guy you've ever shook hands with has probably just beat off in the past three hours. Yeah, but okay. Every guy's probably beat off maybe that day, maybe twice a day. That dude's probably beat off about nine times that day. 
<laughs> After you touched your balls and dick once, does it matter if you touch them again? Well, maybe. Um, but, okay, beyond that, you know that guy stores semen in weird places. I bet you there's semen all around his house. So if you well, went- this, is what, this is what I don't get. If are, are the people that are going to him to get his sperm, like, trying to give their their potential kid that sort of creepy pervert vibe gene or something? I mean, I don't... If you're what are they going for? Well, I mean, if you think about it, the guy is a software engineer. Yeah, I guess he has his quirks. Um, but he's a smart guy. He's Caucasian. Sure. He's disease-free. <laughs> he has a relatively clean bill of health. I mean, you know, what, what, what's, what's worse, going for that guy or just going to a random sperm bank and, you know, tossing the dice? I don't, I it's don't a crapshoot either way. I don't think you just toss the dice at the sperm bank. I think they give you the profile of the guy at the sperm bank, too, don't they? I don't know if they give you a full profile. I think there's like, well, this is clean, you know, disease-free sperm. I don't think you know the guy's well, IQ. educational they background. Give you his IQ? Yeah, I'm not I thought even they sure. did. I thought they did give you that stuff. You know, I don't, I don't know. think you're getting Newt Gingrich's sperm, if that's what you're asking. Oh, Who would want that? <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> I, want my, I want my son to be... Grow up to be a fat, mashed potato-looking space fantasy Overgrown man. baby. <laughs> um, I wish I would have asked the guy a little bit more about how the couple inserts the sperm so quickly. I mean, do you think he has, like, a complimentary turkey baster right at the front door? He says he jerks of off, like, as soon as, like... Because, you know, you can't store the sperm. It's not as fertile anymore. So I think it's, he said he, you know, the people pull off the interstate, five minutes later, he's giving them a cup of sperm. Like, do you think it's like, grab the baster immediately up there? I would think so. How else are you going to do it? I don't know. I wish I would ask I guess you could just dip your fingers in the jar and sort of jam it up there in that fashion, but. Ugh. God, that's gnarly. Well, that's an interesting guy. I wonder what's going to happen. That's how babies are made, D. That's how babies are made. (laughs) You might be disgusted, but that's that's the bird and the bee. I'm getting a vasectomy. Wankily, we received quite a few phone calls here. The Sick and Wrong Hotline, 206-666-3846 is that number. Got a couple emails, sickandwrongpodcast.hotmail.com. Before we get to that, let's play that new Adam Neve promo um, from Rollo. (laughs) In in the world of podcasting, they're called promos. Promos. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is going to be the greatest coin term since PodCraft. I was getting mixed up with uh, Rollo. Hey guys, it's me, Rollo, and I'm just here to tell you that I don't always use sex toys, but when I do, I go to adamneve.com, type in coupon code digital and get 50% off any item of my purchase, along with free shipping and three adult DVDs, and a gift so sensual that I can't even talk about it, and I'm fucking Rollo. Anyway, keep up the good work, and just go get your freak on. All right, here's our first phone call. This actually is a question from uh, Doc. Hey, uh, this is a call for D. Simon. Uh, you know, we were sitting around talking about things, talking about how you, uh, you know, you said you were from South Africa initially, and then you came to America and everything. So we were wondering if you ever refer to yourself as an African-American, <laughs> because technically you are. Anyway, that was really all I got. Kind of a question, and fuck you. <laughs> I wonder how much weed he smoked prior to calling and asking that question. Does it matter enough? Enough, enough definitely. Well, yeah. um, I don't know if I mentioned it before. I wasn't born in South Africa. I was born 
in Monroe, Louisiana. I slipped out of my mother's vagina at a hospital in Monroe, Louisiana, which is right outside New Orleans. And then, so really, you're a cracker American. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, a Creole. That's what I am. I'm a swamp <laughs> I don't person. Think, don't start claiming Creole. Please. I'm a swamp person. <laughs> if I had, I stayed in Monroe, I'd be catching alligators right now. Uh huh. Um, but yeah. Eating so crawdads. anyway, well, then we moved around a couple different. I think we moved to Alabama. We moved to Florida, and then from Florida, like in 1980, then we moved to South Africa. But I never, I, I never had dual citizenship. I was always an American. Hmm. So I'm. Yeah. So you yeah. will, you are, and shall remain as you always have been, the Jew. I am a Jewish American. That's Jew of the Jew and the Nerd Show. Yep. So the Jew. We can't start calling you the Black African Jew. I am an American. So I hope that answers your question. Um, here's here's call number two. Well, sick and wrong. It's Tim from Chicago. So you guys talked about the uh, Santorum and all the you know political candidates, and I thought you uh, had a little something you guys might be interested in hearing, a little insider stuff. Um, can't say how I know him, but I'm acquainted with uh, Santorum, one of the guys. And right as like the Iowa caucus was ending, uh, he didn't have enough signatures for to be on the Illinois ballot. So me and a bunch of freaking people had to run around for like two weeks going to all these houses trying to get his phone number, or, you know, trying to get his uh, signature on stuff. And, yeah, that sucks. I don't know. Keep it sick. Keep it wrong. Bye. Is that Rick Santorum's campaign manager? <laughs> what? <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> this might be one of the craziest calls we've ever got. How so? Uh, uh, so this guy's obviously a supporter of Rick Santorum, right, if he's running around and, and getting signatures to put him on the ballot? It sounds like he was paid to work for him, don't you think? I guess so. So you think the paid signature gatherers? But but he said it sounded like he knew some guy in the campaign or knew it, him personally. But what I was gonna say is it's crazy that somebody who supported Rick Santorum would also would be a fan of show. our show. Yeah, I know. but you're saying he's just he's just doing it as a he's like a mercenary signature gatherer. That makes more sense. It, it just didn't sound to me that this guy you know was part of uh, uh, Santorum's ele- election campaign. Like I think yeah, he was just kind of. I was confused. Maybe I mean, who knows? But I would talk be about re- a talk about a mercenary approach to sort of employment. Like, like everything that this candidate is about, I am against. But if you'll pay me eight dollars an hour, I'll try and help him become the president of the country. Do Do you think they do that? Do candidates do that? Where they um. You know, say, hey, I'll give you a hundred bucks. Just go out and get as many signatures as you can. Canvas the whole neighborhood. I think it's probably more either an hourly wage or a price per signature, like 50 cents per signature or something. I'm thinking this guy got paid, but maybe I'm completely wrong. And uh, he's a big Rick Santorum supporter. Which I mean, would... just let's let's say that he's not right, and he, he's more of a sick, typical sick and wrong listener. Likes sort of people like the religion to stay out of you know our business and allow us to make fun of crazy shit and be vulgar and basically anti-Christian. So we're, and then somehow what are we, Santorum, Ron Paul supporters here or something? <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> and then and then Santorum becomes president and institutes all these you know, laws and policies that completely fuck the country up and make it into more of a religious, like, uh, country. And then this guy's just like, well, at least I got that 300 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he definitely can't. At that point, he wouldn't be able to use it towards an abortion, so. No. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess if 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 that was the case, I'd find him and punch him in the face. I mean, but I wouldn't. I'm just do? fascinated by that mindset. That like you know, I guess you know the economy's fucked, so people can't be turning down work. So who am I to judge? I would like to know why he was working for Santorum's campaign. Caller, if uh, if you're listening to this episode, give us a call back and let us know. Are you a supporter of Rick Santorum? So finally, here's the uh, third call. And uh, yeah, well, here's the third call. What's up, Take It Wrong? This is Marv the Android. I'm uh, driving through Missouri right now. Uh, and I was kind of getting late. It's like midnight right now. So I was getting all tired. So what do I do? Uh, beat off at the wheel. So I, I'm starting to try and get down there so I can get to work, and I realize it's fucking not on my sweatpants. It's so tight. I had to sit there, you know, I can't, I can't work around it, so I end up... All right, so would this be officially calling... Would you officially call this action road tugging? <laughs> it's a road not tug? road head, so yeah, it's road tug. It's a road tug. I think what's funny about this specific road tug is uh, the fact that he's, like, having difficulty getting the knot undone of his sweatpants. So this dude is just riding around in his sweatpants in his pickup truck through Utah or something, about to give himself a road tug. Missouri. Was it Missouri? All right, I wasn't even yeah. paying attention. If so I was in Missouri, you know what I'd be doing? Road tugging? Trying to find Duramater. Oh, yeah. Then then you you might be able to get road head. And if not, at least you'd have, you know she has a lot of vodka and you can get fucked up. You know, I can honestly say I've never jacked off in a car. I've been laid in a car. I've gotten roadhead before, but I don't think I've ever just driven around and been like, you know what, I'm going to pound one out right now behind the wheel while I'm driving. Have you ever done that? I've jacked off in a non-moving car, but never while while it's been moving. Actually, you- that's probably not true. Remember I was talking about jacking off when I was eight years old? But you I jacked off on like a, fa- a wackily family trip? I think so. <laughs> I think about it real hard. I think I probably did. You know, if I was Mater Wackerly, I think I would have reprimanded you too. My family, let me point out a little more detail to this. My family always had uh, full-size vans because my parents early on figured out that the only way to take family trips is if we all have like a lot of space to get away from each other because me and my brother were just constantly at each other's throats. So we you have like a porno jack-off booth in the back of the van? You know, there's like captain's in there. chairs, and then there's like a big back bench, and maybe that's sort of folded down with, like, you know, and then you can sort of hide behind the chair. <laughs> just trust me. I'm so pretty sure I get it. There's Wackerly's nook that's just covered in sperm. <laughs> Eight-year-old sperm. I don't want to go into too much detail, but maybe. <laughs> All right, so you've given yourself a road tug. You're no stranger to the road tug. It's been in 25 minutes. Big fucking getting my fingers picked bra trying to get this knot undone and by the time I finally fucking get it you know my fucking bank bank's empty my imagination's totally gone so I call you guys dead and uh still driving is he tugging right now? anyway <laughs> it sounds like it bring the rating system back keep it second wrong uh, <laughs> He's having an erotic fantasy about the brown star scale. Wait, wait a second. Okay. <laughs> Didn't it sound like he was tugging while he was calling? I think that How is How was his, he driving? Uh, I think his engine is knocking 
Do you think so he had me. his knees like his? You know how you can steer the wheel with your thighs when you, when you take oh, a know. hit off a bowl. Instead, yeah. he's jacking off, calling the sick and wrong podcast hotline, and and driving him. This this guy is a road hazard. If I was a cop, I would have pulled America's this guy highways over. are not a safe place because there's just tons of people doing crazy shit like this. Any given moment. Do <laughs> you imagine if he died doing that? And it's like his his parents would be like, "Well, what was he doing?" Well, he made a phone call, and uh, his pants were down. His sweatpants were down. We think he was masturbating. Well, who was he calling? Something called the Sick and Wrong Podcast. <laughs> Did he have a t-shirt on? Oh, please. Then what happened? He ran into a tractor trailer, uh, the driver of which was taking a shit in a Walmart bag. <laughs> <laughs> who, coincidentally, was also calling the same Sick and Wrong Podcast hotline. It's a hell of a world. Hell of a coincidence. People, you can call the Sick and Wrong Hotline at 206-666-3846. And I don't know. I'd advise you not to do it while you're driving and masturbating. Just maybe do it while you're at home. Either or. Either yeah. or. Either or, I guess. Uh, we also got a couple of emails I'm going to get through real quick. Um, first one comes from uh, Sweden. Uh, Humpass from Sweden. He says, hey, congratulations, congratulations on the sixth anniversary show. I've been listening since episode 40. And I just want to let you know that I appreciate the time and effort you put into making this podcast. It's the only one worth listening to. Keep it sick. Keep it wrong. Thank you, Humpass. You know, I appreciate those kind <laughs> words. Umpass. It's pronounced Umpass. Umpass. Oompa Loompa. From Sweden. I appreciate it. Um, we got one more here. Um, this is from Nex Frozen. NX Frozen. Okay. Uh, NX Frozen writes, you know, back in episode 229 or something, you guys mentioned something about a funeral party commemorating the death of Fred Phelps. Isn't that still a go? He's still yeah, alive, right? Yeah. As and I've actually noticed on online people are, are copying this idea. Since we've done that show, other people on forums and comment pages of, of larger websites are saying, oh, when Fred Phelps dies, we're going to have to have a protest of his funeral. And I'm like... Uh, listen to episode 229 of the Sick and Wrong podcast, motherfucker. We already have that shit on lockdown. You know, I, I don't... Are we going to have a giant hot tub filled with semen and like, gay I, men dancing all over the place? Yeah, and like uh, Madonna's going to play it. It's going to be like the Super yeah. Bowl. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still down for the party. Any, we, we'd accept any help that we can get. So if uh, next Frozen, if you want to help us out, um, you're more than welcome to get on the Fred Phelps Funeral Party Committee. Um, <laughs> we're currently accepting uh, membership applications. We need, to, we need to make a Kickstarter page. Have you heard of these? What's a Kickstarter page? Like, if you have a project like this that's going to cost a lot of money, you need investors. You you start a Kickstarter page, and you sort of tell instead of going out and looking for like a couple of big investors, you have everybody on the internet sort of make small donations. So we need to do the Fred Phelps funeral party Kickstarter. You know, I think a dedicated sponsored by Second Wrong. I think a dedicated fan should get on this, and we will fully endorse it and help you out anyway. I mean, we're busy doing the show we, you know, every week, so I think someone should start a Kickstarter page for the funeral party for Fred Phelps. I would uh, donate some of the t-shirt money, but I don't know if the Jew would let me. I'm, I'm totally down with making a contribution, because this, this is a cause that I believe in. <laughs> so, um, you know, people email us. 50 and, uh, cents from the proceeds of each sick and wrong t-shirt may or may not go to the Fred, Fred Phelps, Phelps funeral party. I, you know, I, okay, this is what I, okay, this is what we'll do. We'll buy the snow cone machine. 
Okay, with the money, which is brilliant that, because I actually already have a snow cone machine. Shh, <laughs> it only makes like one snow cone per hour. That out. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be generous here, but really, no, I was being generous. The snow cone machine has already been bought. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll buy. Way. I don't know. Flavors, cart syrups. <laughs> 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 anyway, we need a dedicated fan to start the to, to start the Kickstarter page for the death the funeral party for Fred Phelps. Send us an email, singeronpodcasthotmail.com, and let us know. Uh, people, there's a lot of action going on the forum these days. Uh, we even, I mean, we've already talked about the forum a couple times here on the show. Uh, so people, go to singeronpodcast.com, click on forum, become a member today, and be a part of that action. Uh, also, thank you for subscribing to the show on iTunes and uh, rating us and commenting about us and giving us the exposure that helps the show. All you got to do is just do a search for Sick and Wrong, Click on it, subscribe, and then next thing you know, we're going to be, what, top five of what's hot? Because we're hot, Wackerly. I don't know if you know that. We're hot. <laughs> I know. Um, also, uh, so today I sent out like six Quado t-shirts, and uh, there, there's a good reason why I sent out those Quado tees today. I had to rush to the post office to make it before five o'clock. But the reason Speedy I did delivery. it- The reason I did it is because Poppy Thorne- you know, our super sexy, hot, sick and wrong pinup chick sent some pics this week of her wearing, posing wearing, while she's wearing the sick and wrong Quado t-shirt. And these are some really sexy pics. She also sent a video. I haven't actually Of the pictures being yet. taken. What would what, you say? Of the pictures being taken. The videos of the actual photo shoot, which is great. Yeah, the video is... She has the photographer there. It's the whole the whole photo shoot. And then she sent me a bunch of... Uh, several pictures of her posing with a shirt. And there are some incredibly sexy pictures. I plan to post them to the site, the forum, and Facebook sometime this week. Uh, she sent me a net message here saying, Hey, Dean Lance. I had a great time modeling your t-shirt. I hope you like what we got. There's been a fair bit of interest in the shirt from guys already wanting one because they like the design. I've linked them all to your store on the website and told lots of people to listen. We appreciate that promotion. Um, she, sent us a, she sent me a uh, Dropbox. She Dropboxed the uh, pictures to me. She also made a video of the shoot. She says, give me a shout if you ever want me to model anything for you in the future. I can think of a couple things. That I'd like her to <laughs> Privately? <model for> me. <laughs> I don't know if they're sick and wrong related, but I do have some things you can model for me. Uh, she also My says, birthday is coming up at some point. That's true. Uh, she also says, thank you, Reich, from the forum. Um, he made an appreciation thread, and it was very sweet of him. Look at Reich. He's totally cock-blocking us. Smooth. <laughs> I know. Doesn't, I think he lives over there near her also, so maybe he's making an actual play. Like Hugh Grant. He's another one of those cock-blockers. Uh, she writes, keep it sick, keep it oh, wrong. Oh, dear. I cannot believe you'd call me that. It's, well, it's Poppy, thanks for those sexy pics. Um, I was blown away by it. We're going to put them up on the website. I'll put it up on Facebook. And I will also post a video on uh, Facebook as well. And then, so the reason why I rushed to the post office today is I wanted to send out a shirt to that tattooed chick, who's another sexy, hot tattooed chick on the forum, that says she wants to give some sexy pics. So if you, if you ask me, I'm sensing a cat fight. Wow. There's a cat a competition, fight coming up here. A, fr- a friendly competition. Also called a cat fight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Guys love a cat fight. So they I do. think what we should do is we should have a competition and crown the official sick and wrong pinup girl. Yeah, I agree. What we'll do is we'll get 
Poppy Thorne's pictures in one thread. And we got them already. That tattooed yeah. chick's pictures in another. We'll make up a poll, and we'll see who's dropped more, who's spilt more seed over whose pictures. <laughs> and then we'll have a, we'll have some voting or something. And then the winner will be crowned the official sick around pinup chick. Are other would be pinup alt models allowed to also make entries? If they do it soon, if they do it soon, gotta be soon. Yeah, you gotta be. You gotta do it soon. So any other hot, sexy, tattooed alt model chicks, uh, send me an email. And uh, we'll we'll put you in the running for the official sick and wrong pinup girl. Maybe we'll even have some prizes we'll give out. We'll have to see. Anyway, if you're gonna buy a sick and wrong quadro tee, go to sickandwrongpodcast.com, click on store, and buy a t-shirt today. Uh, Wackily, the sick and wrong song of the week. This is kind of funny. Was sent in by one of the dudes who I hired to move my stuff into my new apartment. Really? Yeah. Did he? Did you turn him onto the show as he was moving your stuff in, or was he already a fan? Uh, no, he was, well, I hired these two movers I found on Craigslist, which is the first time I've ever actually hired movers to move me, because I've always made my friends do it, or my family. Yes, and so, so that, much better. Well, I realized at this point... support the economy. Well, I kind of realized at this dudes. point that I'm too old to move myself. <laughs> I really am, you know? I mean, yeah. fuck, how much does it cost? Like 300 bucks? Yeah, and you think, know. you know, this is preparation for, in maybe 10 more years, you can be saying, I'm too old to wipe myself. <laughs> I pay people to do this down at the home. <laughs> 10 more years. Anyway, I found these movers, Joe's Movers. People, if you live in the Los Angeles area, they're a great moving company. Joe's Movers, two dudes, uh, Trent, Trevor and Joe. Was it Trevor? Yeah, Trevor and Joe um, showed up, and uh, they were cool dudes. Moved me in like two hours. And we're sitting there chatting. They're in a band, and we're chatting about music and everything. And when they were moving me in, uh, they they saw like I think some sick and wrong stickers or something. Like, What's that? And I was like, oh, it's a you know podcraft that I do. And then we we're chatting about it, and I was like, yeah, send me one of your songs. So uh, Trevor actually sent me one of the songs. He's like, hey man, you told me to email one of your songs. Here it is, man. Hope you dig it. Would love to work together. So the song that he sent in is uh, I guess his band is named Thread, and the song's Mother Russia. Uh, a bit reminiscent of the Mars Volta, like prog rock kind of thing. I have That's a hard good. time getting into the Mars Volta, but I'll give these guys a chance. It's good. I like it. Um, I guess they're playing at, uh, you ever been to Cheetah's? LA's got a lot uh-huh. of these bars. Like, Sounds familiar. Is it an older, like, punk style bar or not? No, it's it's like a jumbo style strip club where the girls oh, no, don't actually get naked and just sort of dance around in skimpy outfits, but you can like drink that. there. Yeah, I like that. Well, they're playing that. L.A. people. You can check out uh, this band Thread next Friday, uh, February 9th at Cheetah's, which is around the corner. So we're going to end the show here with uh, Mother Russia by Thread. So, Wackerly, I'm going to see you this weekend for the uh, Super Bowl party. I hear, I hear that you're making your famous chili. Yeah, and because P-Town uh, in Perhaps his fiance are going to be there. I, I feel like I'm going to have to, and you are going to be there, obviously. I feel like I'm going to have to make a little vegetarian side portion. You know, it's, a, it's about fucking time. I was going to bring this up because it's always all meat. This turkey chili that you make, it's always all meat. And it's, it's like, roll. why couldn't you make a tofurkey version for the vegetarian friends that you have? I'm not putting tofurkey in it. I'm going to put sort of tempeh, probably. I, I don't know. I just, I always thought you were an anti Semite. You're just like, well, I don't want to do that because I don't like Jews. You know, but I mean, I guess 
It, it's more are than Jew, that. Jews aren't allowed to eat chili now? Is that also on the list? Well, no, I, I just felt that, you know, Jewish vegetarians might come to your party, and you're like, it's you not, know what? It's not clam and bacon chili. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we live in a day and age where, art, you know, uh, artificial meat products are readily available. Meat <laughs> substitutes are readily available, yet you... Choose not to use. We live in a day them. and age where vegetarian faggots come to your <laughs> Super Bowl party and you have to cater to them. Like, in my father and grandfather's time, it would be unheard of. Well, I, all I'm saying is, Wackily, when it's just me and you sitting on the couch watching the game because no one else shows up, I would like a little tofurkey chili you to will. go with my uh, Ruffles potato chips. It's not going to have tofurkey in it. I need to keep reiterating because tofurkey is disgust. Even to, even to somebody who maybe could have been a vegetarian at one point in their life, tofurkey is gross. It will be tempeh. Tempeh. That works. Actually, Beans, I like that better. tempeh, yeah. But not tofurkey. Do you care to make a wager on the game? Hmm. I'll bet you a 40 ounce of Mickey's that the Pats win. Um. Okay. Am I supposed to bet who I really think would win? Well, or That's what I'm doing. I want the Giants to win. Or who I want Because to I hate win. the Patriots. Yeah. But the team I put money on always loses. So I'm putting oh. money on the Pats. Right. I will bet you a 40 ounce of Mickey's that the Patriots will win. I'll go with the Giants because I actually want them to win. But I don't really, I'm not really into, I mean, both teams just, it's the worst Super Bowl in a long time. The no, both East I mean, Coast, Boston and New York. There's a rivalry I mean, there. But yeah, it's, it's so kind of a boring. boring game. I wish the 49ers It's like the it. it's the northeast corridor fucking Super Bowl that, you know, fuck those people. Whatever, you're watching it for the Madonna halftime show. Well, people, uh, happy Super Bowl Sunday to all you Americans and uh keep this in mind. Snacking can be deadly. Everything in moderation. Remember that. We'll be back next week with episode 316. Till then, take it sleazy. Are you ready for some football? <laughs> Good night.
Hey, this is Dan from Wisconsin, and Wisconsin sucks, but I'm still here. I'm really high. I'm not drunk. Don't drink much. Too much weed to be smoked. Anyway, that's pretty much what I do here. You should have fucked up. It's really fucking cool. Been listening since about 30th episode or so, which is when it stopped sucking. Um, but yeah, I am also a fellow Jew. And um not sure why I decided to mention that. Probably because I know one of y'all are Jewish. Been listening for years and I still can't fucking remember which one right now. It's good weed. Anyway, keep it sick, keep it wrong, keep it fucked up, even though you ain't got to try that hard because it's a fucked up world. Anyway, peace.